Hello and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, doing a special Christmas episode for you all. This is the podcast where we talk about strange stuff, crazy cases, and things that make you say, hmm, that was fascinating. In other words, if it's weird, wild, bizarre, and provocative, we're going to talk about it on this podcast. This week, we've got some interesting stuff planned for you all. This is going to be an episode dedicated to Christmas-related facts, weird stuff, bizarre tales, and crimes. We're going to start it off with a list I found on OnlyInYourState.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year, folks. I mean, let's admit it. Unfortunately, though, according to crime records, it also happens to be an equally disturbing time for some people. While Christmas might seem like the most unlikely season for crime, it is unfortunately a truth that there are pl- plenty of crimes on record during the Christmas season, and some of them can be downright baffling. Here are some of the most troubling crimes committed on or around Christmas. The first one on this list is the case of the so-called stolen chocolate from Georgia. A man dressed as St. Nick at the Atlanta Mall lost his patience in the worst way in 2004 when his temper got the best of him. He allegedly began to hit an elderly 74-year-old woman with a two-by-four, convinced she had stolen about $100 worth of Hershey's chocolate from him. The woman actually died from her injuries in the hospital, and this man was sentenced to life in prison. Number two, the case of Santa on a motorcycle, and this one is from South Carolina. It was was 2006 in Columbia, South Carolina, when a man dressed in a full Santa costume riding a decked-out motorcycle pulled up to a gas station and asked a family if they wanted to see the stuffed reindeer he had in the sidecar. The children walked up to take a This seems like it's slightly predictable, but the children walked up to take a closer look, and then suddenly this man grabbed the eight-year-old girl that had come to take a look and sped off. Panicked, the father furiously chased after them and was able to retrieve his daughter, but the Santa imposter was arrested. Ultimately, the Santa imposter was arrested, but it was probably a really scary, but it was probably a really scary time for that family. Number three, the case of taking candy from a Santa in Ohio. Everyone knows not to take candy from strangers, but what about taking candy canes from Santa Claus? It was in 2009 in Parma, Ohio, when a 12-year-old girl was flagged by a Santa who was hiding in the bushes and offering her Christmas candy. This sounds like the worst nightmare ever. But the girl was wise enough to ignore this attempt, and when the man in the Santa costume began chasing her, she made it to a local store just in time to call the police. This man was ultimately identified as a very mentally unstable person and was later caught still wearing his Santa suit. Number four, the case of Santa Claus burglary in Alabama. A visit from Santa is usually a joyous occasion, but especially when he's collecting for charity. But a 22-year-old woman living in Birmingham thought this was the exact scenario when a man dressed as Santa knocked on her door. Unfortunately, his intentions were not so pure, and he hit her in the face before attempting to rob her house. He fled the premise shortly thereafter. They eventually found this man and put him in prison. But geez, can you imagine coming to your door and thinking it's just an innocuous meeting with somebody collecting for charity and then you just get robbed and beaten? Sounds horrible. 
Be careful out there, folks. Number five, the case of the most infamous Christmas bank robbery in Texas. The crime is almost 100 years old, but it's still totally baffling to people. In fact, it's still considered to be one of the most notorious robberies in history. A man by the name of Marshall Ratliff walked into Cisco's First National Bank in full Santa costume, accompanied by three men who were armed. This Santa was able to escape with the money, taking three girls as hostages. His car ran out of gas shortly after, and he had to abandon his loot. He was arrested and sentenced to 99 years in prison, but an angry mob invaded the prison and lynched him. Interestingly enough, they used a drawing in hopes of identifying the criminal before they were able to find him, which is very interesting, and I'll post an image of this drawing online as well. Number six, the case of disorderly mall Santa in New Hampshire. It was 2005 when a 52-year-old man appeared at a Rockingham Park Mall in full Santa costume, which is not unusual, but for some reason or another, he decided it would be a good idea to drop his pants in front of everyone. Never a good idea. Fortunately, this man was wearing sweatpants underneath his costume. Nevertheless, he was arrested for disorderly conduct. Don't do anything like that, people. That's just creepy and gross. Number seven, the case of an Italian hall disaster in Michigan. The 1913 Italian hall disaster might have happened over a century ago, but it's a tale that continues to cause despair. Christmas Eve in Calumet, Michigan, there was a group of striking mine workers and their family gathered for the holiday when an unidentified person falsely yelled out fire. The results were disastrous. In an effort to evacuate the building, 73 people were killed in the stampede that ensued. Very, very sad. And just another reason why you really firmly believe that there are some very sick people out there. Because doing that in a building full of people during the holiday season undoubtedly can cause an extreme reaction. And that was proof of that. Number eight, the most unusual Christmas gift. And this was in Louisiana. Parents can sometimes be at a loss when it comes to finding the perfect gift for their children. And a man in Seidel thought he had the perfect solution to this. According to police reports, he robbed a pet store, taking the cash register and a couple of snakes. When he was asked by police why he committed the crime, he said it was for his son's Christmas present. Hmm, convenient excuse, but one that doesn't necessarily hold up when you get questioned. Number nine, the case of stolen baby Jesus in Florida. A stolen baby Jesus from a nativity scene It's an all-too-common Christmas crime. One case, which happened in 2007 in Florida, was particularly unusual when an 18-year-old woman from Florida stole the ceramic figure. She assumed her crime would go unpunished. You know, it was Christmas and people should forgive, but little did she know the figure was actually rigged with a GPS system and the cops quickly found out about her shenanigans. It's hard to tell which is more disturbing, the crime of stealing the baby or the assumptions that the figure would need a GPS monitor in the first place. Scary. Number 10, the case of intoxicated St. Nick in South Carolina. This one seems like it's probably more common than a lot of the other ones. Volunteering to drive a Christmas float for a local holiday parade was a generous act. That is, until alcohol factored into the mix. A man from South Carolina was drinking while driving a float, and this 
Float was only meant to go a few miles per hour, but speeding at nearly six miles per hour, he was charged with intoxicated driving, open container, and a few more charges for his horrifying holiday behavior. Number 11, the case of crazed shoppers in New York. Black holiday deals can be a motivation for braving the crowds and waiting in ridiculously long lines, but sometimes things can get a little crazy. Nowhere was this truer than Green Acres Mall in 2008 when hundreds of people were waiting for the doors to open with the promise of holiday savings. The crowd quickly turned into a mob, though, busting through the glass doors and trampling over employees. The most disturbing part, though, was when it was announced that the employee had been killed, the one, the first one that was standing at the door. But many shoppers still kept shopping and complained that they had to wait in line all night, despite the the fact that someone had lost their lives. That is very, very tragic. Number 12, the case of the stolen Christmas trees in Oregon. When the economy tanked in 2008, many families had to get creative about spending a little less money over the holidays, and some turned borderline criminal. In Oregon, for example, policemen in Portland caught a man dragging his stolen Christmas tree down the street at 3 a.m. I am absolutely certain that Christmas tree theft is way more common than we give it credit for, but hopefully they caught this guy and solved the problem. Number 13, the case of a terrorized frosty float in Ohio. The fact that the victim of a brutal Christmas stabbing happened to be a giant frosty float somehow doesn't make it any less disturbing. The perpetrators here were two teenagers in the Colerain Township area. They violently attacked with a knife the 12-foot figure in a residence yard. Fortunately, the two were caught on videotape. Having committed the crime repeatedly, they were eventually arrested and fined. Number 14, the case of Santa break-in in Washington. If you're dressed as Santa Claus and plan on committing a robbery, it only takes it only makes sense to come in through the chimney, right? This less than foolproof logic was used by a man in Seattle as he attempted to rob a house. But before any real crime was committed, he actually got stuck in the chimney and had to be helped out by the fire department. The confused criminal claimed he was trying to retrieve his backpack, but the story did not fly with police and they sentenced him to 17 months in prison. These crimes seem a little bit baffling, but interesting, though, for the holiday season. So this next article that I found, I found on hongkate.com, and it is called 12 Strange Christmas Customs You Probably Didn't Know. Christmas is mostly about celebrations, gift-giving, merrymaking, and church-attending. There are so many different elements that contribute to the celebration that we have come to know as Christmas. Getting into the Christmas feast of turkey and mashed potatoes and pies and all kinds of other delicious treats, hanging up stockings, leaving out cookies and milk for Santa, and opening presents under the Christmas tree are all ways that you can have a great time with your friends and families during the Christmas season. These are what we typically think of as common Christmas notions to most of us, but in some parts of the world, they can act, well, you can actually find strange and bizarre traditions that would raise an eyebrow or two. Here are some of the stranger things that people are doing around the world in the name of Christmas. First one here, go bananas with Christmas in India. In India, only about 2.3% of the population are Christians. But because of the large population they have, we are talking about 25 million people here. 
Christians here celebrate Christmas with midnight mass and gift giving like the rest of the world, but with the absence of fir trees or pine trees to decorate, they usually make do with banana trees or mango trees instead. This means instead of Christmas pine trees in households, you'll find brightly lit, well-decorated Christmas banana or mango trees in the streets. They even use the leaves of these trees to decorate their houses. Number two, toss your shoes and get hitched in the Czech Republic. If you don't want to celebrate Christmas single, you can try this. Stand with your back to the door and throw a shoe over your shoulder on Christmas Day. If the shoe lands with the toe pointing toward the door, congratulations, you're going to get married soon. There's no clue, though, as to how long it'll take before you meet your Prince Charming. Number three, Kentucky Fried Christmas in Japan. No kidding. Just like how Christmas turkey is a must on Christmas for many of us here in the U.S., the Japanese actually have Colonel's Chicken on Christmas. Since the beginning of this marketing campaign for Decades ago, KFC has been associated with Christmas in the minds of Japanese people for generations. A tradition is passed on from parent to child in spite of its commercialized beginning for many Japanese people. More than 240,000 barrels of chicken will be sold during Christmas, five to ten times its normal monthly sales in Japan. So according to some people there, in Japan, Christmas equals KFC. Number four, Christmas cakes in Japan. Another Christmas food associated with Japan is the Christmas cake. And this is a sponge cake with whipped cream, chocolate, and strawberries on top. And for many people, these are ordered months in advance and eaten on Christmas Eve. Any cake that is not sold after the 25th is unwanted. And for the same reason, single Japanese women over the age of 25 used to be called Christmas cakes. Yikes. Number five, a Christmas of remembrance in Finland. Families in Finland usually visit the graves of their ancestors and relatives on Christmas Eve to light candles in memories of the deceased, which seems like a very sweet tradition. Even those who don't have their kin's graves nearby visit cemeteries to place candles in honor of their family members buried elsewhere. Hence, on Christmas Eve, cemeteries will be lit up with candles presenting a beautiful light. Food will also be left on tables and family members leave their beds to sleep on the floor to give the dead a nice meal and a place to rest when they visit. Super interesting tradition. Maybe just a little bit creepy, but interesting nonetheless. Number six, skating your way to Christmas in Venezuela. In the capital city of Caracas, before young children go to bed on Christmas Eve, they tie one end of a string to their big toe, leaving the other end outside their bedroom window. The fun part of the Christmas celebration is on the day of early morning mass. Streets are closed off to cars until about 8 a.m. for people to roller skate to services, and they customarily proceed to tug on any one of the strings they see hanging from the windows. (laughs) Slightly strange, just a little bit. Number seven, let the goat live until Christmas in Sweden. In 1966, a 13 meter tall goat figure made of straw was erected in the town square. At the stroke of midnight, Christmas Eve, the goat went up in flames, but the town never stopped building it year after year, and vandals never stopped trying to burn the goat down. By 2011, the goat was already burned down 25 times. 
the burning of the Gavale goat happened so often that bookmakers began taking bets for the survival of the goat since 1988. Just to be clear, the town doesn't want the goat to be burned down. In fact, in 2001, an American tourist served time in jail and was fined for successfully doing so. So they don't want that goat burned down, but it does get burned down on occasion. And because it's made of straw, it's probably pretty easy for that to happen with just a small bit of flame or a match. Number eight, a spidey Christmas in Ukraine. Instead of glittering ornaments and tinsel, Ukrainian Christmas trees are covered with artificial spiders and cobwebs. Super creepy. Why the eccentric taste in spiders? According to local folklore, there was a poor woman who could not afford to decorate her Christmas tree. But the next morning, her children woke up to see the tree covered with webs. And when the first light of Christmas morning touched the web threads, they turned into gold and silver. And the family was never left wanting again. Hence, it's believed that seeing a spider web on Christmas morning brings luck. Super interesting. Number nine, the Christmas sauna in Finland. Most Finnish families have their own sauna because it's believed that a, that a sauna elf lives in there to protect it and make sure people behave themselves. And every Christmas Eve, people head to their sauna, strip their toes, and enjoy a nice, good soak naked. After sunset, though, the place is for the spirits of dead ancestors. Super weird. Number 10, don't stuff it in my socks in the Philippines. Christmas is huge in the Philippines since 80% of the population there are Christians. Celebrations last all the way to January and children will leave their brightly polished shoes and freshly washed socks on the windowsills for the three kings to leave gifts in when they pass through their houses at night. The Feast of the Three Kings marks the end of the Christmas celebrations as well. Super cute. There's a little picture here of some shoes with little toys and candy in them. I'll post that on the Instagram account. Number 11, pudding and wishes in Britain. The Christmas pudding is served on Christmas Day, but the traditions we're looking at have to do with how it was made. Every member of the family, especially the kiddos, are to stir and mix clockwise while making a wish. Earlier traditions include putting a coin in the mix, which brings wealth to whoever finds it in their serving, or they choke on it. Other additions include a ring for luck in marriage and a thimble for good luck in life. Number 12, Santa's own postal code, H-O-H-O-H-O. Where do you send your letters to Santa to? The North Pole? Santa's workshop? Actually, Santa has his own postal code, and it is H-O-H. O-H-O, with zeros instead of the letter O. And it's in Canada where postal codes are alphanumeric. Letters, the kind that bypass parents, used to end up undelivered because there was no centralized address for Kris Kringle. But for the past 30 years, Canadian Post volunteers in the thousands have been helping Santa reply to millions of letters every year from children around the world in different languages, including Braille. And finally, I'm going to wrap the show up with an article from factretrievers.com called 57 Festive Christmas Facts. Number one, Norwegian scientists have hypothesized that Rudolph's red nose is probably the result of a parasitic infection of his respiratory system. Gross. Number two, the Germans made the first artificial Christmas trees out of dyed goose feathers. That's weird. 
Number three, each year more than three million Christmas cards are sent in the U.S. alone. Number four, all the gifts in the 12 days of Christmas would equal 364 gifts total. Number five, the true love mentioned in the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, does not refer to a romantic couple, but the Catholic Church's code for God. The person who receives the gifts represents someone who has accepted that code. For example, the partridge in a pear tree represents Christ, and the two turtle doves represent the Old and New Testaments. That's something interesting that I did not know. Number six, according to the data analyzed from Facebook post, two weeks before Christmas is one of the most popular times for couples to break up. Yikes. However, Christmas Day is the least favorite day for breakups. Number seven, most of Santa's reindeer have male-sounding names like Blitz and Comet and Cupid. However, male reindeers actually shed their antlers during Christmas or around that time of the year, so the reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh would not have been male, (laughs) but females or castrated males. Number eight, in AD 350, Pope Julius I, the Bishop of Rome, proclaimed December 25th the official celebration date for the birth of Christ. Number nine, according to the Guinness World Records, the tallest Christmas tree ever cut was a 221-foot Douglas fir that was displayed in 1950 at the Northgate Shopping Center in Seattle, Washington. So that's a connection there for you Seattle and Washington State folks. Number 10, the traditional tree colors of Christmas are green, red, and gold. Gold was the symbol of life and rebirth. Red symbolizes the blood of Christ, and gold represents light as well as wealth and royalty. Hmm. Number 11, contrary to popular belief, suicide rates during the Christmas holiday are actually pretty low. The highest rates for suicide are really during the springtime of the year. It's pretty sad, but interesting nonetheless. Number 12, the world's largest Christmas stocking measured 106 feet and 9 inches long and 49 feet and 1 inch wide. It weighed as much as five reindeer and held about a thousand presents. It was made by the Children's Society in London on December 14th, 2007. Very, very cute. Number 13, not so cute, definitely a large, large Christmas stocking. Number 13. Christmas trees have been sold in the U.S. since 1850. Number 14. Christmas trees usually grow for about 15 years before they are sold. Hmm. Number 15. Many European countries believe that spirits, both good and evil, were active during the 12 days of Christmas. These spirits eventually evolved into Santa's elves. 16. Each year, there are approximately 20,000 Renaissances across the U.S. These Santas usually undergo seasonal training on how to maintain a jolly attitude under pressure from the public. They also get practical advice, such as not accepting money from parents while children are looking and avoiding garlic, onions, and beans for lunch. Ugh. Number 17. Bolivians celebrate Misa de Gallo, or Mass of the Rooster, on Christmas Eve. Some people bring roosters to the Midnight Mass. 
This is a gesture that symbolizes the belief that a rooster was the first animal to announce the birth of Jesus. That's pretty funny. Number 18, the British wear paper crowns while they eat Christmas dinner. The crowns are stored in a tube called a Christmas cracker. That's an interesting tradition and one that I might enjoy trying. I think I deserve to wear a crown even if it's paper on Christmas. (laughs) Number 19, in Poland, spiders or spider webs are common Christmas tree decorations because according to legend, a spider wove a blanket for baby Jesus. In fact, Polish people consider spiders to be symbols of goodness and prosperity at Christmas. And again, we had that earlier story about the woman with the the spider webs and the spiders decorating her Christmas tree, which was very interesting. Number 20, Alabama was the first state in the U.S. to officially recognize Christmas in 1836. Number 21, Christmas wasn't declared an official holiday in the U.S. until June 26th, 1870. It's been out there for a while now. Number 22, Oklahoma was the last U.S. state to declare Christmas a legal holiday in 1907. So they were a little bit late getting on the bandwagon there, but evergreens from the Old English word Alfie, meaning always, and Goan, meaning to grow, have been symbols of eternal life and rebirth since ancient times. The pagan use and worship of evergreen boughs and pine trees has evolved into the Christianized Christmas tree. So a lot of people think that these are just purely Christmas traditions and that the holiday of Christmas is purely Christian, but there are some pagan roots to it, as just evidenced by this last fact. But number 24, ancient peoples like the Druids considered mistletoe sacred because it remains green and bears fruit during the winter when all the other plants appear to die. Druids would cut the plants with golden sickles and never let it touch the ground. They thought it had the power to cure infertility, nervous diseases, and to ward off evil. Interesting. Number 25, mistletoe is from the Anglo-Saxon word mistleton, which means a little dung twig, because the plant actually spreads through bird droppings. Yeesh. Number 26, Because they viewed Christmas as a decadent Catholic holiday, the Puritans in America banned all Christmas celebrations from about 1659 to 1681, with a penalty of five shillings for each offense. Some Puritan leaders condemned those who favored Christmas as enemies of the Christian religion. That must have been an extremely challenging time to be born and live. Number 27, a Yule log is an enormous log that is typically burned during the 12 days of Christmas from December 25th through January 6th. Some scholars suggest the word Yule means revolution or wheel, which symbolizes the cyclical return of the sun. A burning log or its charred remains is said to offer health, fertility, and luck, as well as the ability to ward off evil spirits. Hmm. Number 28, Because of their pagan associations, both the holly associated with the masculine principle and the ivy, the feminine principle, and other green boughs and home decoration were banned by the 6th century Christian Council of Braga. Hmm, I wonder how long that lasted. Number 29, the poinsettia is native to Mexico and was actually cultivated by the Aztecs, who called the plant something altogether different, which meant flower which wilts. For the Aztecs, the plant's brilliant red color symbolized purity, and they often used it medicinally to reduce fever. 
Contrary to popular belief, the poinsettia is not poisonous, but holly berries actually are. So be careful when you're decorating with either one of those things, because I believe the poinsettias are also dangerous to animals. So be careful with your pets and little, little ones, guys. Number 30, Christmas has its roots in pagan festivals such as Saturnalia, which is December 17th to December 23rd, the Kalins, which is January 1st to the 5th, and is the precursor of the 12 days of Christmas, and Deus Sol Invictus, or birthday of the unconquerable sun, which is December 25th. The Christian church heartily disapproved of these celebrations and co-opted the pagans by declaring December 25th as Christ's day of birth, when it's obvious from a lot of different people that Christ wasn't actually born on December 25th. He was actually probably with the direction of the stars in the sky at that time, being that there was a one star leading the way, it was probably sometime in the summer months that he was actually born. And there is absolutely no evidence, according to scientists, that Christ was actually born on December 25th. So it's very, very interesting nonetheless. Number 31, Santa Claus is based on a real person. St. Nicholas of Myra, also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker, Bishop St. Nicholas of Smyra, and Nicholas of Bari, who lived during the 4th century. Born in Patara in modern-day Turkey, this man is the world's most popular non-biblical saint, and artists have portrayed him more often than any other saint except Mary. He actually happens to be the patron saint of banking, pawnbroking, pirating, butchery, sailing, thievery, orphans, royalty, and New York City. <laughs> Very interesting. Number 32, early illustrations of St. Nicholas depict him as stern, commanding, and holding a birch rod. He was more a symbol of discipline and punishment than the jolly, overweight elf people know him as today. Number 33, Puritan Oliver Cromwell outlawed Christmas celebrations and carols in England from about 1649 to 1660. The only celebrations allowed were sermons and prayers during that time, which sounds pretty awful. Number 34, wassail from the Old Norse word ves hail means good health. Number 35, Christmas stockings allegedly evolved from three sisters who were too poor to afford marriage dowry and were therefore doomed to a life of prostitution, which is freaking scary. These three were saved, however, when the wealthy Bishop St. Nicholas of Smyra, the precursor of Santa Claus, was, crept down their chimney and generously filled their stockings with gold coins. That is scary. Number 36, the Viking god Odin is one precursor to the modern Santa Claus as well. According to myth, Odin rode his flying horse, or a precursor to Santa's reindeer, who had eight legs. In the winter, Odin gave out both gifts and punishment, and the children would fill their boots or stockings with treats. <laughs> That's interesting. Number 37. There were two competing claims as to which president was the first to place a Christmas tree in the White House. Some scholars say it was President Franklin Pierce, who did in 1856, but others say President Benjamin Harris brought in the first tree in 1889. President Coolidge started the White House lighting ceremony in 1923. Number 38, President Teddy Roosevelt, an environmentalist, banned Christmas trees from the White House in 1901. 
I mean, clearly that tradition did not last very long. Number 39, it's estimated that the single White Christmas by Irving Berlin is the best-selling single of all time with over 100 million in sales worldwide. Number 40, there are approximately 21,000 Christmas tree farms in the U.S. And in 2008, nearly 45 million Christmas trees were planted, adding to the existing 400 million trees. Clearly, that is big business in the U.S. Number 41, the first person to decorate a Christmas tree was reportedly the Protestant reformer Martin Luther, who lived from 1483 to 1546. According to legend, he was so moved by the beauty of the stars shining through the branches of a fir tree, he brought home an evergreen tree and decorated it with candles to share the image with his children. That sounds beautiful. Number 42, the first printed reference to a Christmas tree was created in 1531 in Germany, which is, that's quite a while back. Number 43, approximately 30 to 35 million real living Christmas trees are sold each year in the U.S. Number 44, Christmas is a construction of Christ's mass, which is derived from the old English Christus masses, first recorded in 1038. The letter X in Greek is the first letter of Christ, and Xmas has been used as an abbreviation for Christmas since the mid-1500s. And here I was thinking that Xmas was like a non-Christian way to refer to the holiday. Very interesting. Number 45. In 1962, the first Christmas postage stamp was issued in the U.S. Number 46. In Germany, Helgebend, or Christmas Eve, is said to be a magical time when the pure at heart can hear animals talking. <laughs> okay. Number 47. The earliest known Christmas tree decorations were apples. At Christmas time, medieval actors would use apples to decorate paradise trees, which were usually fir trees, during paradise plays, which were plays depicting Adam and Eve's creation and fall. Number 48. Commissioned by Sir Henry Cole, who lived from 1808 to 1883, British illustrator John Calcott Horsley, who lived from 1817 to 1903, invented the first Christmas card in 1843. And this is disputed by some people who believe something different, but in any case, that's what is recorded as the first Christmas card. Number 49, Christmas purchases account for one-sixth of all retail sales in the U.S. Number 50, According to the United Nations Children's Fund, or UNICEF, there are 2,106 million children under the age of 18 in the world. If there are on average 2.5 children per household, Santa would have to make 842 million stops on Christmas Eve and travel 221 million miles. To reach all 842 million stops... Santa would need to travel between houses in two ten thousandths of a second, which means he would need to accelerate 12.19 million miles per second at each stop. <laughs> that is crazy. The force of this acceleration would reduce Santa to chunky salsa, according to the research experts on that. <laughs> 
Number 51, during the Christmas season, nearly 28 sets of Legos are sold every single second. I guess those Legos are pretty darn popular. Number 52, many of the most popular Christmas songs like White Christmas, Winter Wonderland, the Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and I'll Be Home for Christmas were written or co-written by Jews, actually. Interesting. Number 53, Tiny Tim in Charles Dickens' classic novella, Christmas Carol, was almost named Little Fred. Wow, can you imagine what a difference that would have been? Number 54, assuming Rudolph was in front, there are 40,320 ways to rearrange the other reindeer. (laughs) That's a conundrum. Number 55, the word nog is from the word grog, which means drink made from rum, which means you need to have rum in your eggnog, essentially. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anyway, number 56, according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, over 14,700 people in the U.S. end up in the ER each November and December holiday from decorating accidents. And finally, number 57, In the United States, dried Christmas trees cause an estimated 100 fires on average each year, resulting in about 10 deaths and 15.7 million in property damage. Watch your trees, folks. Make sure they have plenty of water, if that's the case, so that you don't end up with that problem. And don't leave your lights on. (laughs) That can definitely create dangers to your Christmas tree that you don't want to have to deal with. Anyway... This is the point in the podcast where we say so long, farewell, please rate, review, and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed this very special Christmas edition, folks. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email. We're at thebfdpodcast at gmail.com, and we will definitely post some pictures from these articles in our Instagram feed. Please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild stuff. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye!